It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Jay Crawford, Adam the Bull, Garrett Bush, and so many big names, it would take me hours to say all of their names. The ultimate Cleveland sports show. Booyah! One day to Friday. Hey, hey, hey Anthony's on camera today. Hi, Anthony. Our, our audio one tech, Anthony, wiring up G. Bush ahead of today's show. Busy show. Busy, busy show. Brown Steelers preview. No fence riders. Maurice Claret. He'll have to talk Ohio State Buckeyes. Aditi, who knows the Steelers better. She'll help us preview that game. Cavs win. Yes, sir. In another come-from-behind fashion, we're going to talk about Donovan Mitchell. Is he fast becoming the face of Cleveland sports? A lot to get into. Brown Steelers will lead us off. Before we do, McNuggets, good morning to you. What's up, guys? G. Bush. What up? Welcome. G, you, uh, you did something we haven't done here in the eight months we've been done so far on UCSS, and that is not just go mini-viral, but go mega-viral. As of this moment right now, your rant from Tuesday on how part of the DeMar Hamlin story is not being talked about. has 41,500 retweets, 1,200 likes, 3,000 responses, and has caught the attention of some very important people. Now, before we show you who and why we're going to mention this, we do want to give an update on DeMar Hamlin. This is from D- Diana Rossini a second ago. Let's take Tagboard full. Uh, great news on his front from Diana Rossini and the Bills a few minutes ago. Good news continues to be shared by those close to DeMar Hamlin. I'm told doctors are very happy with his progress and believe he's even ahead of schedule in his recovery. DeMar has been able to hold and grip hands with some friends and family. Some other Bills players have tweeted out some good news, and that has been phenomenal. Let me read the Bills. Please read the Bills, yes. This is the statement from the Bills. Per the physicians caring for DeMar Hamlin at the University of Cincinnati Medical Center, DeMar has shown remarkable improvement over the past 24 hours. While still critically ill, he has demonstrated that he appears to be neurologically intact, which is obviously the big thing there. His lungs continue to heal, and he is making steady progress. We are grateful for the love and support we have received. So uh, that, that's huge. That's neurologically that intact. That is first and foremost the most turning important the corner. aspect yeah. of yeah. the story that he's turning a corner. Now, we mentioned G. Bush and that rant going mega viral. We are a small YouTube show. We are. We are. But growing. it shows growing and quickly growing, but it shows you the power of social media because yesterday some NFL players happened to see what was going on. Mainly the biggest being Micah Parsons. G. Bush, I don't know if you you don't check your phone. You didn't answer my text for twelve hours yesterday. So I don't know if you even know <laughs> any probably. of this stuff happened, but Micah Parsons uh, retweeted said, Man is spitting right now. That got forty thousand likes. Let's take graphic one here, Steve. These are some other NFL players who have responded and or reacted to this tweet. How about DJ Reader of the Bengals, Alec Ingold of the Dolphins, Tariq Wollin of the Seahawks, Darius Slay of the Philadelphia Eagles, Dearness Johnson of the Browns. Next. Whenever you're ready, Steve. James Conner, Kenyon Drake, <laughs> LaShawn McCoy, Jordan Poyer, Jahan Dotson. Next. 
Trey Burton, Molly Cox, Sam Williams Sr., Chase Edmonds, Austin Bryant. Next, <laughs> George Iloka, Van Jefferson, Aaron Jones, Mackenzie Alexander, Alexander Madison. Next, how about Eddie George? Gee, how about Joe Budden? Not an wow. NFL player, but Joe Budden. Joe wow. Budden's a huge sports fan, by the he way. He is. Wow. Bernard Pollard, who's going to come on the show next week. I'm having a whole conversation with him right now on Twitter. He wants to talk about this. Rex Chapman, Jim Trotter. Let's drop it. Let's take the next tag board. Uh, how about DeAndre Hopkins, G? DeAndre Hopkins found it. As we've been on the show for the last few seconds, J.K. Dobbins just liked it. So we have— By the way, i got two others. Well, you, Eli Apple. Eli Apple retweeted it. And Des Bryant, because I had a bunch of my friends in New York who are Cowboys, happen to be Cowboy fans, sent me a tweet. They were like, oh, we saw Des Bryant tweeting about your show. So it has reached the entire span of the football world. How many million uh, views? 5.1 as of this exact second. Eight. I thought I thought I saw somewhere well, it, more it, than that. The Twitter count is 20.7 million. People have actually watched the video is 5.1. Yeah, no, the analytic, people have seen yeah. the tweet, but then I thought the, yeah. the next analytic is how many people engaged in the tweet. That might be a total of views, retweets, <coughs> likes, do you want, Do you want the full analytics? And this is not, and the, the reason we're doing this, by the way, is not to, you know, tweet our own horn, G. Bush, is to show you what. I, I do want to tweet YouTube, our own horn. Oh, we're too, but it, <laughs> it shows that it doesn't matter how big the show is. Good content can spread. And, and, you know. Impassioned rants can spread, and it doesn't matter where you are, who you are, you put out good content, anyone can find it. So and G you know what? You. Shout out to, because, uh, you know, I just talked to Steve or whatever, and we're I, evidently we're going to get Robert Smith on, and we didn't even know we were going to talk about this, this situation, and evidently he's involved with the Players Association for like 20 years. So the great thing about it is he's going to come on and tell us some different things that the Players Association has been doing well in order to look out for some of the players and to kind of figure out and talk about some of the things that they're doing well with that. So for me, it's I'm all good with it. Like, cause this it's great to continue the conversation because that's just what about. It's about the dialogue and, and getting the most information out there. Um, my goal one day is that you know hopefully they do guarantee full contracts, but there are steps to that process. So I'm glad that we we, we can have an opportunity to have a you know a guy like Robert Smith who was part of the show. Come on and talk about that. Not, not just part of the show, but Robert um, is the um, most ranking member of the NFL Pension and Disability mm. Board. Uh, I had a long chat with Robert last night, and Robert has Robert informed me of some things that I didn't know, um, some some major strides that have been made in the areas that we addressed on the show. Uh, that caught the attention of the sports world and social media. Uh, amongst them, and, and, I'm, and this is why I'm anxious to get Robert on the show, um, Robert reached out to me as a way of saying um, he wanted to clear some things up. It, according to Robert, I don't know this to be true. I just, I've known Robert for 30 years. I know him to be a man of integrity and uh, a man of his word, so I am going to take him at his word, but I do want to have him on so we can have this discussion and figure out where in the weeds lies the details of this story. But Robert told me that uh, regardless of his tenure in the league, if he was never to play again based on this in injury, he would receive a lifetime annual salary of $250,000. Yeah. Which, and, th and that's great, Jay, but the, the crux of what G said still holds true. Well, so the underlying premise is the league yeah. needs to treat the players better. That's correct. That is 1,000% no yeah. foundationally true. Yeah. And I don't think you would find many that are outside the NFL sphere that would disagree with that. 
Mm-hmm. Um, one of uh, to me the biggest issue here is Demar Hamlin. Mm-hmm. That's the big that is issue. The big issue at, at is hand issue. right now. But sometimes, and we know this, we see this to be true not just in sports but in society. Sometimes it takes an event to shine a light on something that needs to be corrected. And I think that if you go around and you ask players, just general fans, players, folks that follow the NFL, you think the league treats its players as well as it could? I think the answer would be definitively no, they do not. And that was your underlying premise. Your underlying premise is don't chew these players up and spit them out for the benefit of your profit margin and for millionaire or billionaire owners to become even bigger billionaires when you could have tragic cases like this of people not being taken care of. I think what Robert wants to set the record straight on is Mm -hmm. there was never any doubt that this young man will be taken care of. I, I hope he's right, and ju- I do too. But all I, I know is that that uh, the fact that you know, uh, I don't remember the exact numbers you gave G, but the fact that so many players were supposed to be paid for yeah. concussions. So I pressed been, Robert on that because yeah. uh, that was when you yeah. made that number. That's the number I've read. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That number is readily and widely available on the yeah. internet. Yeah. My question to Robert was, as I was kind of pushing back on on some of the things that he was stating, I said, Robert, let me ask you this. The number G. Bush gave that 6.5% of this billion-dollar-plus settlement that was agreed to 10 years ago has been paid, meaning that 93.5% of that is still in league coffers, by the way, probably drawing interest. Yep. Yeah. And his response to that was, after a short pause, and I don't want to speak for Robert. We'll have him on, and he can do that himself. He's doing the Niners game this weekend, so he may be traveling right now. He told me last night he is going to be traveling, so I'm, I'm assuming I think we're going to get not. him early next week is the plan. I hope so. Yeah. But what he said was, I think that number is low. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Okay. Well, but yeah. And maybe it's 8%. It yeah, should be 100 by now. It's it should years. be 100%. <laughs> it's irrelevant. It's and, uh, and that was, to me, the as you were saying what you were saying, I, I wasn't in a position to either co-sign or push back on because you were stating facts that I just had not heard. Mm-hmm. I don't know where you got them. I'm assuming you did your research and they were correct. The one thing that you said that resonated with me was the fact that the league has paid out a very small percentage of what they agreed upon in their settlement with this lawsuit. Yeah. Because if we... Bernie Kosar sat in your chair right there and said yeah. the league is rooting for players to like to me die. to die. Well, they want everybody, they want these players to die so they don't have to pay them, sure. right? They don't care. And that's something, you know, you said whenever there's a big incident like this, it gets talked about maybe at least changes, but it won't. It won't. If this, I don't know, Bull. If this, I, if this story, because eventually it'll be off the front pages and eventually every other tweet won't be will, about a donation or... Let or me his, ask Jason something because, Jason, you're intricately right. involved in the journalism machine. Yeah. 
And both, there are many times you're right. Things become an issue. Yeah. The media keeps it in the cycle for 24 hours. It evaporates and no change comes from it. That's exactly what we've seen to this point on this issue. I say shame on the media, the complicit media, much of which, by the way, is in business with the NFL. ESPN can't shine a light on this. They're business partners with the league. Yeah, so I'm going to call in 10 seconds from Roger Goodell saying, yeah. you're biting your hand, the hand that feeds you. 100% So, true. Jason, here's my question to you, to Bull's initial point. I'm very hopeful that change is going to come from this, and I am a hopeful person by nature. And, and many times I've been hopeful and I was wrong. But in this particular instance, because the world watched as a player lie lifeless on a football field, I think this time it's different. And I have faith and trust in the media that they're not going to let this go away. Why have they paid six and a half cents on the dollar to a deal that they agreed upon? Yeah. And it's up to us collectively as the media, of which you're an entrenched member, yeah. to keep pressure on the NFL, not let this get swept under the rug, even to the business partners, of one of which I am employed by. NBC is a business partner of the NFL. We carry their biggest property of the week, Sunday Night Football. Amazon now is a property, is, is a shareholder. Yep. ESPN, CBS, Fox, wake up. This is an injustice. And So you think it's going to change? So, well, I haven't said a word yet. <laughs> but we're having multiple conversations here. Yeah. Right. And what's funny, like real quick, obviously I'm at The Athletic. We do not have a partnership with the NFL. Thank God. I can't tell you how many executives... I've had from various sports tell me you guys are the most dangerous thing to these leagues because that's they why can't I'm looking at you, you, Jay. They said they can't control you, so go do what you can do. And please do it. But uh, we're having two conversations. We're having the CTE conversation, we're having the guaranteed contract healthcare. Right. Those are two separate they arguments. Are. We have no control over the healthcare and the guaranteed contracts. Mm-hmm. I agree with you on the CTE thing. It is our job as the media to look into this, to dig into this. Why haven't you paid? Why haven't you paid? Embarrass them, rub their nose in it. We all know the NFL reacts when they're embarrassed or when they, when they, whichever way the wind's blowing, that's what they're And by the way, do. right now, that iron has never been hotter. Yeah, I agree. So I, I think that is on us as the media to try and create more pressure on them to pay that out. In terms, this is where I get frustrated with NFL players. In terms of what you were talking about with healthcare and guaranteed contracts, that's on them. They've got to bargain that. And it's not, their billionaires are not going to just hand over their own money. They're not going to do it. So you have to force them to do it. How do you force them to do it? We will not take another snap until you guarantee these contracts. Do you think this episode no. might lead no. to no. that? Because no. it's too far removed no. from no. their next it's, contract. It's we not, thought, we the thought, problem is, Jason, that so many players make minimum money we, but we thought, and they don't have the guaranteed contracts. But, they can't afford but to But we do thought that. the Deshaun Watson contract was going to be the trigger point for that, yeah. and it wasn't. Nothing was. And, and nothing, like, well, isn't this different, though? This is about a man's of life. Of course it is. But, but this but, has nothing to do with but, guaranteed contracts. No, but exactly. This is, this is not going to lead to guaranteed contracts unless the players and, push and, it. And, and this is where I get frustrated because I think I said, this on the show the other day i talked to browns players in the locker room who said you just wait till we get back to the table this time I we're serious about no, they've been singing that tune for decades and they folded yeah. in a week and, and by like, the way guys, the league knows doing? they're going to of course fold because that's their history yes here's this the is reason why I'm their hopeful. history the reason their history is that is because there's so much they don't have guaranteed contracts so if you're a player which is more than half the league making minimum salary or just above minimum salary you're thinking well it's always those guys against the stars they're always like well i can't afford to 
hold out for a whole season because that might be the end of my career. You know how you do that? You start planning right now. That's what the NBA Get them together. The NBA, when they were starting to, when they were trying to mess with uh, the, the, the revenue, the revenue share, right. Mm-hmm. The, the NBA player association got together with the players and said, you start saving right now. This is like two years in advance. You have to start saving now so that we can hold on and not cave when we're really in it. And that's what the NFL players have to do. You can't go buy six cars right now. You have to save <laughs> right now no, you're, you're so right. that when the deal comes and, up and again. And, Jay, I am hopeful that this is going to be the catalyst to change. I hope I, you're right. I, I could be wrong. I'm, I'm not even hopeful, and, 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 and that's my nature. And I, I, I hope I'm right for this very reason. The players are reacting in the league to your to your rant mm-hmm. because it resonates. They know it. Much of it is true. true. Yes. But here's the problem. And it, I thought exactly what you what you made for every one of those players that co-signed what he said. They signed off on this. That's right. And that's, well, no, that we don't know that they did well, individually. But no, but they collectively did what yeah, they signed not, off on that. You can't blame them they, if they, they voted against it. They did what they Use your told star them to power do. to they, make. Well, they're not all pressure. stars. Some of those guys are not. No, they're not. Many of them were. But, but we heard Tyvis say that he just did. He he voted however they told him to vote. Exactly. And that's how the vast majority. When you t- I forget the stat that you used, but one of them was reduced to the collective bargaining agreement. Yeah. They allowed that to happen. They did. Part that's on their watch. But there were. I think it was like forty percent of the players, maybe even more, were against the CBA. Well, what? And enough. so I'm not going to hold it those guys 51%. accountable. They, the only way to ever get guaranteed contracts, the players are basically going to have to hold out for an entire year. And you may lose the season. You, you may to, lose the entire season. By, season. by the way, McNuggets wants to put a bow on this. I do want to. I yeah. have one more thing to say. Yeah. I, you, people keep saying you went viral. You went viral. You went, no, no, no. Every everybody went viral because without this platform and without dialogue and without that conversation, without the other people in this crew, I would have never even thought about doing that or saying that. And it's important that I say we because this show just shows you how groundbreaking it is. These topics, no other place can talk about it like that. Nobody. And, and now we get dialogue and we I'm welcome. Pull up. Come, come talk to us. Educate us. And because that's what type of platform this is. So this just shows you go show you this platform is necessary. It's a beautiful thing. And I just want to continue to see it grow with everybody because, you know, we did something special to, uh, a couple days ago. So I appreciate everybody here. And I want people to understand um, that we're here to stand for something and do something. So yeah. I appreciate y'all. And the, and the boat we can put on it is that DeMar Hamlin is doing yes, markedly awesome. better. Yeah, awesome. that's great. And really, at the end of the day, that's, that's what matters most. Yeah. This, this said, young man, it looks like he's on his way to recovery. I don't know that he'll play football again. Uh, in talking to doctors that haven't looked at him, and most of them are operating under the assumption that it was the Kamosho, whatever, however you say it, Cordis, yeah. where the heart suffered a trauma between beats, which happens in a millisecond. There's just a very small window for that to happen. I've had doctors tell me that there's no risk of re-injury hmm. with this particular injury. He could play again. So he may suit up in a football game again. First that's that's be, everyone's you know, hope. One step at a time. Yeah, one step at a time. Yeah. We don't want to put the cart before the horse, but and we don't even know for sure that that is what happened. Right. One thing I do know they're doing is they're testing to, to rule out other things. Um, the enlarged heart, the yep, different yep. things that they can once they it's kind of a process of elimination. Once they rule out everything else, pre existing heart condition, everything else, it clearly wasn't an overexertion injury. It was a trauma injury. Right. But once they get to the point where they can diagnose this as what we've discussed, there are doctors that are telling me the only, re- injury, the only 
risk he would have in moving forward is if that same bizarre occurrence took place again. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. Our hopes and prayers continue to be with him. And um, we, we certainly uh, are we're thrilled with the news that he's doing better. Okay, um, we're going to start with Brown Steelers talk today. And you, you need to do the Tri-C read? We do have to do the Tri-C read because when we talk Browns, it's brought to us by our good friends at Cuyahoga Community College. Tri-C supports their students financially, <coughs> professionally, <coughs> and personally and opens the doors to endless possibilities. Tri-C is where the future starts, and it starts right now. Classes begin January 17th. Check out Tri-C if you need post-secondary education. By the way, i got to say that uh, the, the tweet ju- just got retweeted by an actor by the name of Michael Kelly, who's in, he was in, uh, what's the, he's in uh, the, oh my God. Oh, uh, Jack Ryan. That one. Jack Ryan. Wow, wow you Ryan. pulled he's, that out. He's in, thank you. Michael. And he was in, uh, uh, with Kevin Spacey. Ke- yes. Uh, House of Cards. And he was in House oh, of Cards. Well, House I did of an Cruise. interview with him once. He's a he's a real he's a really good dude. And Mike, a real what activist. role did he play in House of Cards? Love House. Of, he was he was like uh, the fixer guy the for chief, yeah. chief of staff. Oh, now the fixer. I know he what just you're tweeted. About. What say you at, at NFL Commission? You should sit down with G. Bush and talk. I'll, Awful to hear these I'll numbers of the amount of money the NFL makes. Uh, you're not gonna I'm going to shoot him right now. Let's see if we get him on the show. You're not going to lure him, me into yeah, that, Mike, <laughs> Tell him he did an interview remember. with Bull once. He did a radio interview with me once. We had a great time. I, I talked to him for a I'm while. I'm sure he'll I'm remember it. We got Bernard hey, he's following me on Twitter, so. <laughs> well, uh, I'll see what uh, I can do. All right. Um, I love that's your Tri-C read. That's out of the way. Guys, we got to talk about uh, McNuggets, did you come up with these numbers? I can't imagine. Someone, you saw them tweeted or retweeted or something, right? Well, we, we talked about this a little bit when they played in week three. So I asked Earl yesterday, Earl, find me the difference, the numbers between when T.J. Watt plays. So these the stats originated from the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show, as far as I'm we know. I'm sure somewhere else is out there, but this is Earl's research yesterday. These are, I, I, I got to tell you, we use numbers all the time. We use them to make our case and argument why a player's good, why a player's not. I don't know that I've ever seen a set of numbers more dramatically leading to a conclusion that this might be the best player, not defensive player, best player in the league. And I'm going to read them off. This year, the Steelers... T.J. Watt, the best player in the league? Listen to the numbers. Whoever said that is high. Let's keep Listen to the numbers. And then I want you to (laughs) tell me a player that has a bigger impact on his team. All right. Okay? Yeah. With T.J. Watt... I know the numbers. They're one in... They're seven and two when he plays. Okay. Their opponents score 17 points a game. Next slide, when he's not on the field, that number goes up by more than a touchdown. The record completely inverts its one and six. That, that, those numbers on their own don't mean anything. Right. We, we need context. You're right. You're right. Small no, sample size, right? No, it's not small sample size. It is. There's no context. It's one year. I know, but it's so, no context. To but it. the context is he's on the field. They're, well, the they're seven and two. We don't know who they played those games. That oh, matters. I see. So nine games. So, but you're right. Doesn't that matter? Let's talk about a bigger sample size. I wasn't saying sample size, but go ahead. For his career, when T.J. Watt plays for the Steelers, they're 58-26, and and their opponents score 20 points a game. When he doesn't play. That's 84 games. Yeah, that's a a little bad on that math. But 11 games. When when he doesn't play, they're 1-10, and and again, opponents are scoring scoring nearly a touchdown more. Now, Bull, I know you might want to say that that's hyperbole and that's crazy, but... Show me Aaron Rodgers' stats. Show me Tom Brady's stats. Show me other players' stats that are because, that but ridiculous. All, a, it's 11 games. No, it's not. It's 84 games. 
But it's 11 but games the, no, without him. The 11 that the, he, they missed yeah. 11 with. And how many of those came this year? Seven, seven of the 11. Seven. Okay, here's where I think that's yes. just my, just a touch misleading. Is there's a touch. more? It goes more. There's more that goes into it, especially this year. Yeah. Because they started the year with a different quarterback. He was sure. terrible. Trubisky was terrible. Right. They've gotten better as the years gone on. No question. And they so, played a better. And they played an easy schedule since he's been back. So I, I do think. I think he's a wonderful defensive player. I remember having we we could talk to Didi about this. We talked to her about this in the summer, where she I think she said Cam Hayward was the most important player to her on that defense. Yeah, I want to get clarification because I remember she made a comment about how the two together. Yeah, but she was talking like with her and her husband one day with her son, and she thought Cam Hayward was the most important player defensively. I wonder if she still feels that way. Well, with those numbers are just you can't those, you can't argue them. I'm sorry. I could argue. I think they're meaningless. <laughs> no. When you have a sample what do you mean, size, no, it's my 80, opinion. Eighty-four games. They're they're it's winning 11, percentage. Gee, mom and dad are fighting again. I don't know what to do. Pull this car over. <laughs> oh it's go eleven games that he didn't play. What well, if the eighty-four doesn't prove anything about him? You're gonna turn the car around. They're they're, they're winning more than sixty-seven percent of their games. But it's not just him playing. What are you talking about? He's the only guy we did the math on. Here, but the Cole. variable is the games he didn't play, and it's only right. eleven games, and we don't. You gave us no context. Bull, seven of the they're not they five, Who did they play against in those eleven Bull, games they lost? They're not five and six in the games he didn't play. It's eleven games. They're one and ten. Jay, it's all this year. Oh, so you could have 11 games where you just play great teams. Fight. Right? All the games I he's missed. I don't know. I got to have con- What do you mean all the games he missed? He missed 11 games. Right. Can so we, that's not a lot. Hey, what are you doing later? Hey, man, I'm going to chill, yeah. man. I got, I'm going to hang it out, man. I got to find something to eat to dinner. You having a good he day? Missed yeah, seven man. games this year. So he's missed four six. games in his whole career before this year? So we- Seven and two. One and six. So he's pretty so good. So here's the question. Wait, wait, hold on a second. Hold on a second. player, right? Hold on a sec, guys. Hold on a great. All right. Is it, it? He's all. Are you saying he's only missed four games before that year? Are you sh- before this year? Are you sure about that? Doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, I'll he's been pretty this healthy is, in his career. This is the he's stats been, department of UCSS, aka Earl Anthony. Yeah, no, he's been pretty healthy in his so, career. So before this year. So Jay's argument is that TJ Watts the it's best. It's not player my argument. The, it's the numbers. No, some, I, that, the, the, the numbers. numbers don't prove he's the best player in the league. That's absurd because you haven't compared it to anybody what else. I, what I said was. Also, we got clarification on one stat. Eighty-four yeah. games. That's because we forgot the two ties. There's two times. Oh, okay. okay. No, no, no. Is, he's only missed four games before this year? I'm confirming that right now. So, if that's the that case, might be true. then the stat is basically only about this year. So, who cares? It's only no. four games besides this year. What it do doesn't you mean know? anything to you. Jason, let me ask you this question. No, no, can, I, can you respond to my point? It's only four games. Well, I'm giving you a sample size of 100 games. It's. I'm giving you a sample size okay, of 100 games. It's not a sample and, size of 100 games. And you're saying games. you need context. Let me provide the context. Yeah. The context is his presence is the variable. We're only talking about him. That's it. We're talking about him. You can't give him credit for those wins. Like it's only on him. Well, I'm only reading. Ben Roethlisberger was in his prime for a lot of those games. Ben Ben Roethlisberger wasn't there this year. So let's just talk about. I know this year, year, so this doesn't prove anything. If I tell you with this, you're seven and two. Just talk to them. It's all right. Yeah, you don't want to hear. Thank you because I don't. Jason, to you, where does he fit in in the pantheon of? impactful players. Now, I know the MVP argument almost always goes to an offensive player. I yeah. get that. And and we're, we're programmed to think that the offensive player impacts the game the most. But I don't know that there, you're going to show me a number from a quarterback, even Tom Brady. When Tom Brady missed his season, that team still made the playoffs. I, I, my, my question to you is, when you look at this, and you watch him, and I'm, I'm using more my eye test when I watch him play every single play, 
Is he the most valuable player on the defensive side in the NFL? Change that, the defensive side. Well, like I just said, most of us are programmed to to believe that it's just like a a pitcher rarely wins the MVP in baseball. We're programmed to think he plays every fifth day. It can't happen. In football, we're programmed to think that the quarterback drives the bus. I think T.J. Watt is a fantastic defensive player. He's fantastic. He's marvelous. He's got Cam Hayward next to him. He's got Minkin Fitzpatrick behind him. That makes a big difference. Huge difference. I still look at Aaron Donald, to me, as the most dominant defensive player in the NFL, I, I think. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I would agree with that last year. I Nick thought last Bosa's year going to win uh, probably defensive player of the year. Probably, so he's yeah. not even the defensive player of the year. Well, again, we're, with these awards, we tend to look at teams that are you in the playoffs? Right. Are you having a great season? A Cy Young winner on a, on a team that is sub 500, he doesn't win the Cy Young. The, re- the, the reason I don't like the numbers, those numbers, is because. I agree with Bull. Seven of the eleven, seven of the eleven are this year, yeah. and they were such a disaster early on this year. And I think that has a lot more to do with factors beyond T.J. Watt. It was the quarterback play. It was the fact that, I mean, they were two and six at one point and looked like they could be going for the number Bull one. Bull buried seed. them. Bull said, "I can finally take my victory lap on yeah. burying the Steelers." And I think I said, "You might have been with me before the year." Hey, are you were? And saying that we were burying the Steelers far too soon. Oh, I insisted we were. Yeah, and then at two and six, they I kinda, also said Jeff Saturday was a good, great head coach. But so at two and six, I kind of crawled. I'm not hole. sure he's not. Well, he's won one game. That's all. Oh, I know. but the sample size. Oh, I don't oh, games. All right, game. We're not talking about Jeff Saturday. It's five games, boy. <laughs> but it, but two, you said he was a genius after that first think, win. But at oh, two, he's it, looked like a freaking fool since then. At two and six, I was in a hole with the Steelers, thinking, okay, I yeah. was wrong. They are dead. No, they're and, not. And by dead. the way, I thought that too. Yeah, I and they're that not. Too. This is the Steelers. They are. They're they, gonna lose. They're not making the playoffs. But they always Both play better. Playing. But they always play better at the end of the year than they do at the beginning. You were all in on that. They always get better as the season goes on. I think they've got the quarterback thing figured out. Is Kenny Pickett, Ben Roethlisberger? I don't know, but I no, think, you know he's not. But Stop. he's but he's looking. He's a rookie. We can't say what he is or isn't going to be. Sure. He's a lot better now than he, I thought he was going to be already. So I, I, I would second T- that. T- yeah, T-J they're T-J figuring it out. T.J. Watt is a part of yeah. that. What are you going to put him top three defensive players? Top five. I'd put him oh, top five. The for best sure. defensive player in the league is Micah Parsons. I don't even think it's close. Is it? This year, uh, who's the most impactful player? It's Micah Parsons. Yeah, I, I, I've seen Micah Parsons wreck games by himself. I mean, he, yeah, he has. Just TJ totally Watts at the end of games, so. which I love to see. But the idea that he's like the Aaron best Donald player in the league the is ludicrous. That stat proves nothing, here, and everybody knows it. Here's here's why TJ Watt is it means a lot to the Steelers, it, and you have to put him in, have to put him in that that pantheon of guys that change the game because we talk about all the time accountability and leadership. Like if you look at TJ Watt, he's always playing hard. He plays hard against the run. He plays hurt. He he the intensity, the just the level that he gives off makes everybody else have to play at that level. Like and when you see, I think Robert and, and Leroy said, when you see a dude like John Randall and he's playing that hard, you have no choice but to play up to his level. And on the defense, they got him That's and Cam true. Hayward. It transforms the, their defense into something that I can't really say about the Cowboys or the Browns, even though they have Michael Parsons yeah. and they have uh, Miles Garrett because he he elevates that. I mean, when you play him, you feel it. Some people, you it just comes off the screen, like the intensity, the fire, the playability, and, and he makes plays when he needs to. Where do you have him? Do you have him top three? I got I got him and for me. If he he's to me, he's top three. Um, so, I mean, we have Nick Bosa, we have TJ Watt, we have Aaron Donald, we have Micah Parsons. Yeah. 
We haven't even mentioned Miles. And Miles is probably in the top five, too. He's probably in the top five. Top but, five, but, but, but lower, lower but tier TJ, top five. And I know you can't, I know you can't say you can't get graded because he was hurt, but if you look at TJ Watt, his consistency, think about how crazy it is to sound that at one point in time, we would have thought it was crazy to say he's better than JJ Watt. In, in the run J.J. Watt had. I yeah. mean, J.J. Watt was changing whole plays. People talked about him giving him the MVP. But now when you look at it, T.J. Watt, that's a toss-up. Well, TJ, you mean career-wise? Yeah, T.J. Oh, yeah. yeah. I would say T.J. Watt at this point has probably had a better career than J.J. Watt. Which is a lot to say. J.J. Watt's had a lot more injuries. Yeah, but T.J. still needs to do it for longer. I want to see him do this for a couple of years. I think, guys, when you look at By the way, I would take Miles Garrett over J.J. Watt. All things being equal, if everybody... If ever if it was this, if you put them on the same roster with the same teammates, the same <coughs> JJ coaches, or TJ? You said J, did you mean JJ? I, you said JJ. I meant TJ. Okay. okay. I yeah. would take Miles Garrett TJ Watt if it was again. If it were like if I'm the Steelers, I don't think I would did trade TJ Watt play for in the, in Miles the Garrett. Browns first game against the Steelers. No, no, he, he was not. hurt. No, was and hurt. what was the final score? Twenty-nine seventeen. Okay. By the way, do you guys want to know the the and seven the quarterback teams? for the Browns was Jacoby Brissett. Do you guys want to know the seven teams the Steelers played without Watt? Sure. Just, just to throw it out there, uh, they lost to New England. Borderline playoff team. Lost low to Cleveland. average team. Okay. No, uh, not a playoff team. Lost to the Jets. Not a playoff low team. Low average playoff team. Got destroyed team. by Buffalo. Great okay. team. It's expected. Should have. They beat Tampa Bay. Bad yep. team. Lost to Miami. Good and team. Lo- and lost to Philadelphia. Great okay. team. Great team. And so that played, Miami yeah. game was two for a quarter. So you're going to tell me that if TJ's on the field for all of those games, they don't win at least one or two more? I'll give uh, give me one. the give me the games that give me the games that they uh, that they won with him. I mean, sure, they could they could have won one or two point, more. But what is your point, Jay? Like any, my, of my course he's impactful. Is, but so are any of those guys. I don't think my point could be any more clear, Bull. I gave a hundred games. It's not a hundred games, Bull. The number of games that he's played or I been know, but, on those Steelers roster. But is I can name twenty other guys who played those games too. Right, but he's the he's the who we're focusing on. He's the guy that was either on but the you field. You can't for those. say that's the sam- the sample size is the games he hasn't played. No, it's not. It's the games. You can't not just. Look You're at the giving games him you credit for, the, for them having. If they well, had taken out, uh, there's a lot of other players. If they had taken have, out, they would have won less games. We have again hit one of those topics where yeah. I feel like I am talking to a wall. <laughs> well, I and feel like I'm talking to a wall. Then here's what we're I mean, you do. don't have to take a shot at me every time we no, disagree. Well, you're taking shots at me. I'm not. I'm taking shots back. No, I'm not. What I'm saying is, you're saying that the sample yeah. size is 11. If I just gave you the numbers of games that he didn't play, you're right. But you're ignoring the other 80 I'm not games. ignoring, Jay. You're saying that, that that their winning percentage in these games is a direct result of him. I'm saying, what if you what if you took Cam Hayward out of those games? Is their record is good without him? Cam Hayward? We're not even talking about Cam Hayward. I'm asking you a question. Would how, their record well, be, would the their record be as good have without Maurice him? Claret to help us uh, move on to Yeah, because we're never going to get it. And I, I'll agree to disagree with you because yeah. – I'm never changing your mind, and you are never changing my All mind. Right. One thing I want to add on TJ real quick. Go back to the game last year when he absolutely destroyed James Hudson at right tackle. Hmm. Yeah. At, at, and, we, and we didn't adjust. At, and, I mean, I probably shouldn't have brought this up. The Browns feel like Baker had plenty of time on a lot of those throws, and he held the ball too long. But the fact is, MO. he got destroyed. Who's going to be the right tackle Sunday? Yeah, I know. James Hudson. Yeah, good luck. Well, well, I don't know I, if no, but you know what? Yet. I will say this. I will say this. I, I think Conklin likely is going to miss, right? Could we assume we're that? We're guessing that that's Probably. where the trajectory is. But here's the thing. 
I mean, they're not going to go out there and do the same thing they did last well, year. Well, and I think James Hudson has improved dramatically in year Better. two as well. So yeah. I'm, I'm actually really curious. I hope it is James Hudson because I want, I kind of want to see that matchup again, and I want to see how. I he, think how it's he does a nice. I think it's look. The Browns. Will everybody agree that the Browns are a much better football team right now than they were when they beat the Steelers earlier oh, in yeah. the year? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I would hope so, anyhow. I think we're a better team. The defense has figured a lot of things out, and they we've got the teams. highest paid player in the NFL now as our quarterback. We yeah, better I don't be better. I why that the defense is much better now. I just you? said they no, played some bad teams. No, I they mean, have, but they're they're trending in a better direction. They are they're trending in a better direction. They were a nightmare yes. the first when yes. they saw Pittsburgh the first time, they were a flat nightmare. That's coming off the Jets game. It was coming off the Jets game. So, now, I think this is a really nice measuring stick for how both teams have progressed. Yeah. Because the yeah. Steelers are a much different team, too. So, we now have our best player back, mm-hmm. hopefully, in Deshaun mm-hmm. Watson, at least our highest paid player. Now, they have theirs. Let's see what happens. What's the result? So, I think this is a nice little test case. Yeah. Um, Maurice, first of all, we're going to... I don't want any Ohio State talk until the end because that, that, that but I, I love the guard. I love the guard. But, uh, I don't want to, I don't want to spoil the mood before we get into fence riders. Uh, and I don't want to get on too big of a tangent here, but your, what, what value do you place on TJ Watt as a disruptor? Is he in the discussion for the best defensive player in the league? Is he the best? Of, where is he for you? Uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't keep up with the TJ Watt too much, so I will be reaching to uh, try to act like I knew what I had to. All right, we um, but I, I don't know. We, we'll, yeah, I don't we know. Can I, totally I, I couldn't that. even tell you. But we're not going to take that answer for offense <coughs> riders. You're going to have to pick a side. I'm going to no. make you. Uh, McNuggets, you want to start with the. Well, before we do that, one? Yeah, before I know we do Maurice that. was. I saw oh, him. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was hanging out with, with my guy, Icky Woods, at what? the Bengals Browns game. <laughs> I saw the picture there. No. At the Bengals Bills. Not Bengals Bills game. Not Bengals Bills. Right. Sorry. And so you were obviously there and saw this incident take place in yeah. person. As a former player and being there in person, what was that like? Yeah, it was crazy. Uh, the irony is that everybody in the stadium thought it was uh, his leg at first. So uh, the play had happened. The guy caught the ball and he ran into him. And uh, when he got up and he fell back down, everybody, I'm talking about everybody in the stadium, thought it was uh, his leg because – uh, the way he was sitting, like his legs were cocked out. And then everybody seemed to get serious when you started to see all of the uh, the Bills players come off the sideline. And uh, just imagine the people at home probably had uh, more real-time information than the people in the stadium sure. just because there was no TV zone or anything that was going on. And so then when they, um, they had four, I don't know if they showed this on TV, but all of the players have formed a circle around the player. And I was like, man, I've never seen that in my entire time, either watching football, playing football or anything. And so they thought it was uh, like serious. And so then I seen uh, Adam Schefter and um, what is it, Booker? I think that's his name. Booker the gentleman for ESPN. They start Booker McFarland. Those guys that came on TV and started to explain it. But you can visibly see uh, when the Bengals players had left the uh, sideline and they went onto the uh, field. You can see people going over to whatever was taking place on the ground. Everybody knows now with CPR, but they were going over to the player on the ground and like looking at him, and then they were visibly walking away. And I was like, man, this is serious. And so the whole conversation about like, like it was people in the stands, like, yo, like the game is over. If you see this many people who are going next to the going next to the guy while he's on the ground, you know, and looking at him and walking away. And so then after they cleared the field, and uh, the, the ambulance was on the field probably I don't know 10, 15 minutes before they even got him up in it, and then moved off the field. And so it was a lot going on. And then it came to a point where they like um, they were showing the the coaches in the tunnel. And you can just tell by body language alone, 
uh, that, it, that the game was about to be called. And then he's seen all of the staffs like packing up the equipment. And so then we got left out of there. But it, it was two things from that. Like the first thing was that um, you don't even you don't even realize that this is even a thing. So you have so much intensity, like uh, like the game of the magnitude. It was a big game. It was packed. It was crazy. And it had to be like, you know, 55, 60 degrees out there. And you had people like, um, you know, rooting for rooting for each other's side. But then when everybody realized what was going on, um, I didn't go to or I don't even I don't know if this is the right analogy. So I don't want to get uh, pin 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 for this, but. You kind of felt like whatever 9-11 would have felt like after 9-11. You know what I'm saying? Like it was a tragic situation that happened and everybody in the stadium was like, yo, like this guy's health or... It was uh, all one team, uh, just, right, Maurice? It felt like all one team it, at that it point. Was, it was 1,000% like, yes. you know, yeah, I don't even care who you came there to root for. I don't care what you thought prior to that. Uh, but every every single person, like there was nobody saying like, oh, you know, I, I wasted my money and came to the game or... I called off of work or anything like that. I'm talking about the, the entire stadium once they found out the severity of it, like walking back out and walking through like the suite to the club level. It, it was it was some of everybody. You know, people can say some ignorant stuff when they're drunk and when they think like, you know, football is that important. But, you know, everybody left and it was uh, after that, everybody was just trying to figure out, you know, did the guy pass away? And so a lot of people mm. thought like, you know, it was it was it was re- real severe. And so, you know, nobody knew, even, even now, you know, and I don't know if, I don't know if I'm not getting an update on Twitter or I just don't, or I'm not paying attention. Like, I still don't know what's going on with the guy now. Uh, so it was, it was a lot, you know, it was, it was a lot. And it was, uh, it was definitely like a surreal moment. You know, I, I didn't, I didn't even think nothing like that would happen, you know, going into the game. Well, his condition is improving and, and some might even say that the improvement has been dramatic. Um, he is on much less oxygen now than he was. Um, his lungs are beginning to heal. Um, we've, we're showing a tweet now from Diana Rossini of ESPN where she says that he's even been able to hold the hands of some family members and friends. Um, I know his father yesterday addressed the Bills team, and the mood with the team was markedly improved after they heard from the father. Uh, so it, it does seem like everything is going in the right direction um, he's still, as far as we know, we, I haven't seen that the hospital has changed his condition. Bull, have you seen that or McNuggets? I think he's still in critical, critical. condition. He's still yeah. in critical still condition, in critical. but he's awake, which is important. Which is huge. Yeah. So he's doing much better. Um, yeah. And, and Bull, thank you. I forgot. Is he, is he, I, I, I wanted to talk. We wanted to talk to you about that and I'd forgotten about that. So I'm glad, I'm glad we got your Is he still in Cincinnati? He is. Yeah. yeah he probably, I would imagine it would be a It'd while be before he was yeah, transported, yeah, yeah, yeah. but, um, he is still in Cincinnati. Um, the league, or the Bills are going. They went through uh, meetings and, and a walkthrough. I'm not sure why they would do a but walkthrough. They didn't on practice Wednesday. today. No, yeah. uh, but they are preparing. According to some things yeah. I read yesterday, they're preparing to play the Patriots Sunday. And then what happens after that? But still, there's a million scenarios. We're not even going to get into it because uh, it's all conjecture, speculation. But we do know that the league is currently trying to formulate a plan moving forward. How are they going to settle home field advantage? How are they going to settle the seating in the AFC playoffs? Um, we're still awaiting word from the NFL on that. I imagine we would get that, guys, I would think before the games this weekend. I would think today, probably. Especially I, once you get the news that he's awake. It changes so everything. it feels yeah. like, okay, yeah. he's yeah. going to be okay at some level. That's just my sense of the things. I don't know. I, I would agree with that. Yeah. That I think maybe they'll announce The neurological is the biggest. Yeah, yeah the, the fact that yeah. he's huge. Yeah. Because there was concern that he may have suffered some brain For damage. Sure. Right. Because they didn't know how long he was going without oxygen. Right. right. Yeah. Um, I, in talking to some doctors that cover teams and that's their job for a living and they're all 
Um, I was invited yesterday by the Cleveland Clinic, and I hope we can all go to this. Uh, next, and they do it every year. They do injury simulation drills um, for all of the pro sports teams. Cleveland Clinic runs it. Wow. And typically not open to the media, but they did invite us to come in. And I think that's – I want to pull that curtain back and see because what we've learned through all this is the people that were on the field uh, are, are the best at what they do. And he was in the best possible care. And as, as we learn more about this, we're going to likely learn – some of the doctors I talked to yesterday said we're likely going to learn that their actions, not just their quick response, but knowing what to do yep. – almost certainly saved his life. They did it exactly right. They did it textbook, yep. and that's – so I do want to go um, – he said they're going to reach out to me again. They do it I, – I think they do it in the early summer. Um, but they, they said they'll, they'll, they'll invite us. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to push to get as many of us that want to go to go. I'm hoping they'll let us bring a camera. Yeah. Um, and he also said that they will make uh, doctors and experts from the clinic that run this seminar. Mm -hmm. I don't know that – I've never even seen something done like this at an NFL level. So yeah, it might be a kind of our first look at what they're simulating, yeah. the injuries they're simulating, and, the, and their response to it afterwards. For anyone who's interested, <laughs> I never, I never do this, but I, it fits. Our Jordan Rodriguez, who's based in LA for the Athletic, did a story on okay, what does this mean? The NFL's response team. It is terrific. Anyone who's interested about like how it, how they, how this works, she covered it all. It was a terrific story. Go to the Athletic and find it. I. I I would like to read that. Um, one last point to make, and this is something for another show on another day because it's a long and deep topic. We did a segment on this at ESPN in 2012. It's the last I really heard of it until someone <coughs> emailed me yesterday and said this is something that should probably be looked at. And the, the, the thesis of, of, of our segment in 2012 was, is the league outsizing itself? And the premise is that the players are all bigger, faster, and stronger, not by a little bit, right? by significant margins. And the question that we tried to answer in 2012 was, are we going to reach a tipping point where the league is, where the players are just too big for the overall general safety of its players? Yeah. And another topic for another day, but it is fascinating. Right. And there are some people that say we're there now. Well, I think Mark Cuban oh, said can I say, football would go the way of boxing. Go ahead. He did. Maurice. He did. Go ahead, Maurice. No, I, I, I'm glad you said that. I, I won't be long-winded. I think surface plays a major role in a lot of what you see, too. Uh, having your foot caught in that turf or sprinting on that turf, yeah. and there's the, the traction is tight. When you collide with people, it is totally different than the give on a grass field. And I know that, that, that it, it, I, I, don't, I don't know how to explain it other than when you're playing, when you're propelled and you're running and you have leverage and when you collide with two people, there's just so much force, right? And I know the economic impact they're talking about is the maintenance of the field and all the other hoopla with it. And I'm not being like this old, like this old school person, but I'm telling you 1,000%, the, the surface that these guys play on and the, the weight training from younger ages, you can, you know, take a look online. People five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years old, they're doing strength and conditioning drills, just just mm -hmm. training and training, sports nutrition, all that stuff. Technique is different. Like now you have people who've been at the professional ranks coming to teach younger guys. So guys are just getting better sooner, faster. And and I think you're right. I, I've never heard nobody have that discussion, but it's definitely a discussion that somebody should take a deeper dive into. And I'm pretty yeah. sure if they can prove it. Yeah. Uh, on a lot of different fronts. And to your point on the turf, um, I, I saw something about two weeks ago the league put – I don't know if it was the league that put it out, but somebody said for the NFL to replace all of their turf fields with natural grass would cost 
in excess of $20 million. And I thought, really? We're going to talk about we're going to talk about $20 million when you're talking about because G Bush, I'm sure you played on natural grass and the, the, New turf. The artificial oh. turf is different, but Maurice is 1,000% right. Play no this new turf. Play, play, does no, no, don't rubber you start bowl. that. Were you at the rubber bowl? <laughs> Maurice, Maurice came to Canton McKinley against War Hardy, and you was playing on that old Astro turf too. <laughs> you was out there. Rubber bowl game, you was out there, bro. Yeah, I played on that old Astro turf though. The turf like where you, 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 yeah, it's concrete. You fall <laughs> and roll up all your sleeves, skin, everything. It, yeah, it, it's a, it was a step forward in progress when we went from AstroTurf to the field turf. Right. But there are ongoing studies right now about the prevalence That's of the, injury, particularly yeah. lower extremity injuries. Oh. To your point, Maurice, when you put your foot in that and you're and, and you're collided <laughs> from a different direction. That stuff is so strong, it's not like you could lift a divot out of a real grass field. Right. Oftentimes, that's what saves a player from suffering yes. a severe knee injury. knee injury. That doesn't happen on turf. I blew the mine knee out. gives before the turf gives. I blew mine out on a non-contact. I just went and pivoted, boom, gone. Yeah, like That turf is dangerous, man. Something to talk about. And I do think that once the season ends and we're hunting for topics, I do think this outsizing the league outsizing itself yeah. is a fair discussion because in 12 when we did it on ESPN, we had doctors that were sports physicians that have studied this, and they said the, the sizes of these players. He, he, I remember one doctor gave us an example of, and I can't remember the player's name. I'd never heard of him. 340, 6'8", and ran a sub 4840. He said that, that's, <laughs> that, that's a Mack truck on a football field. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's get to no fence riders. What do we got? What's number let's one? Let's do it. We do this every week with Maurice. No fence riders, yes or no questions about the upcoming game. This week it's the Brown Steelers. And our first question involves a player we spoke about earlier. Will Miles Garrett have more sacks than TJ Watt on Sunday? Maurice, what say you? Oh, you Maurice the bias. That's you should call me something like that. You know I'm going Miles. <laughs> yeah. Homer Moe. You went with Miles. Yeah, it was a pretty Mo. even split on the set. The rest of the guys gave us answers. Bull and Brad said yes. JG, Tyvis, and Jason went with Watt. Wow, Bull. What? Just because? Because why? It's a crapshoot. They're both good at getting sacks, right? Yeah. I mean, how many sacks does TJ Watt have? Uh, five in nine games. So he's Miles Garrett is averaging more. Uh, uh, more than a sack a game, TJ Watt's averaging less than a sack a game. So yeah. you're just going with the numbers. You're going with the numbers? Yeah. In this case. Man, I, I, well, I say no, right? Um, the re- reason I, I figured TJ Watt won't have, or did I say Miles Garrett won't have enough sacks? You, you, you don't remember what you said again. Hey, put my no, joint back up. Here, here we go. go. Here we go. You wouldn't know that Miles would have more sacks. Okay, so I said no. And well, I was right. I was right anyway. I was right to begin with. See, I like how you do it because you, you answer people, one way yeah. and then you argue the other. So you're right Which every time. the definition of fence riding. Hey, yo. Like, this is why this segment is great. No, but but TJ no. Watt, he, he, listen, when you look at him, he's going against, uh, not Hubbard, but uh, Hudson. Uh, he has some. Or Conklin. Uh, well, Mary Kay just tweeted Conklin missed again today. He's yeah, he's not. Yeah, he out of here. And, and I would have, he would have got them sacks on Conklin too. Don't act like he, he he's it missed it. Like, cause I think he's not playing that well. Jay, you were a, beat up. You were a TJ over Miles too. Why? For, uh, for exactly what I said earlier yeah. in the show, we saw what TJ did to James Hudson last year. Yeah. I do think Hudson has drastically improved, but I, I think TJ is gonna 
get to get something. And on top yeah. of this, I thought they said on this. I, I don't think Deshaun Watts' pocket presence is at the height of where it needs to be. It is not yet. It's it, not. But, but, he's still but he did a great job of it. Oh, I thought he, he, right. I thought he did. He's, he's getting better. Great he's job. harder to sack than Pickett, who's kind of a statue. Right. Which I mean, is why that was that variable yep. right there was why I kind of struggled with this. Because yeah. I, my, initially I said, well, it's a meaningful game for Pittsburgh. It means nothing for Cleveland. Mm-hmm. I know what TJ plays like when the chips are down. Right. I'm going to bet on that guy all day, every day. But then I started thinking that very point. I'm like, wow. Pickett is, he's not a, a, a sitting duck back there, but he's not Deshaun Watson. And right. I thought Deshaun Watson, of all of the things mm-hmm. that I thought he's improved on, mm-hmm. I thought just from week to week, his pocket presence, feeling pressure where he can't see it, stepping up, sliding, and more importantly, running past the line of scrimmage, he's going to be tough to bring down. Yeah. So I, that's why I struggled with it. Ultimately, I went with TJ. Next question. He has not done it yet. Will this be the week Deshaun Watson throws for 250 passing yards? Maurice. I'm, I'm, I told you I'm optimistic. I'm saying yes because <laughs> I just think he wants to end. I'm, I'm serious. So I, I, I'm really saying this. So he wants to end the season yeah. uh, and go out on a high. That's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking like if, if, if I'm him and I step back in, uh, you only remember yourself when you had success in Houston. Mm-hmm. And and on some level, you know you won't get there immediately, but you're trying to build back up and have success, and I just believe so. Especially in this is last game. Like, this is the lasting impression we're going to have of him until next September, or until later this September. So It is his last game. Maurice said yeah. yes, and I'm glad he did because that splits a dead-even 3-3 wow, split really? on the panel. On the yes side, joining Maurice is Brad G and Jason on the no side. Jay Bull and Divis. Maurice answered exactly how I would have. This is his last chance. I think he knows that. And I, we've seen progression every week, right? Mm, Houston yeah. was a disaster. We've seen it get better, a little bit better, a little bit better. The first quarter was awful on Sunday. He didn't have the ball at all in the second quarter. Had a terrific second half. And I think this is the last time for him to really put something together. So 250 plus G Bush. Yeah. And that's yeah. not a high bar. Hey, right, two, right. No, it's not. not but right. he's been nowhere he, near he, that. He, I, I lost a lot of money on 216. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, was that your money or was that free money? It was free money. Okay. But free money's my money and it's that's no longer right. my money. It's not your money. Nuggets had bet online. He had draft. Maurice, don't bet, brother. Don't do it. Every casino app possible. I took every. Maurice, I'm not kidding. I would just tell Maurice never to bet because I can see Mogo and Mo's going to say, give me the Browns, give me the over on all of these individual numbers for every single Browns player, give me the over. By the way, as a former gambler, let me give advice to all those who who have started gambling here. Let me give you some advice. Two things. Number one, don't bet more money than you can afford to lose. That's number one. That's the most important thing. Number two, never, never bet on a game involving your favorite team. Never. Because your biases about your team will affect your analysis of the game. It always does. Always does. We can't take our heart so out of our brain. <laughs> now, you want to drop 10 bucks on the on a future for the Browns to win the Super Bowl? Fine. Yeah. But if you're on a week-to-week basis, don't bet on your now, team. Now, yeah. now, does, I agree, but G. Bush, real quick, God yeah. forbid, and I'm sorry for thinking Deshaun Watson could not throw for 217 yards, which is a very low bar. In it is. Right. I mean, you would right. think it would be. And if he'd had a possession or two in the second quarter, probably would have no got one there. Was maybe, maybe. Could have. About that command well, he only threw for 168. Yeah, uh, true. And he only had nine completions. Yeah. Bull, I want to ask you question because we really haven't talked about this whole new universe that we're all in we could all if we wanted to right now pull out our phone and make a bet yeah that's all new yeah I know that you've been uh you've had a history with gambling I would ask you is I would throw a third never in there because I also have friends who some of whom are still 
struggling with that addiction. Right. Others like you yeah. just put it down and said, right. I'm, I'm bigger I than that. I play fantasy. That's all and I And that's do. it. Yeah. Um, but I, one thing I hear over and over is never, ever, ever. And this is what I thought you were going to say for your number two. But you yeah. said something that's very smart. Don't bet on your team. Yeah. But the other thing that uh, these friends of mine have always said is never, ever, ever, ever place a re- what they call recovery bets. Well, that, <laughs> so that's in other where, words, you down bet for the bet. week, don't bet at all so, in one game. To yeah, get Maurice, back. a recovery bet yeah. is you're down 1,000 for the weekend, yeah. but you look at the Monday night play and you're like, whoa, this is a lock. Bet it all. I'm going to bet 1,000 and I'm going to get it all back. <laughs> There's no such thing as a lock. If your life is going to be screwed up by the money you lose, yes. are you okay to go 2,000 yes. in the hole? To your first rule. Yes. If you're not, don't play recovery plays. Yes. Maurice, we, see, black people got a different couple rules, right? Okay. Black people. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't go nowhere where gambling involves shooting dice. If they shooting dice, turn around, and walk out. You want no problems with that. And also, lending people money is gambling too. That's never true. Lend, That's very true. Never lend somebody money that you need right back. Shout yeah. out to the great Drake. I lend people money <laughs> yeah. that I've never gotten back. If, it is gambling. It's gambling. Betting, they're going to pay you back. If, yeah. if, if, you got to be cool. And you got no odds on it either. No like. odds. By the way, getting back to the question for a second the reason I went under is because I, I I heard the what I thought was the best analysis I've heard of Deshaun Watson where he's been this year in relation to Kevin Stefanski and and I was listening to an interview with Albert Breer who's a very plugged in guy right and a Cleveland fan and, well he's, <coughs> a, he's a Buckeye he's fan but, in, but he's a special Buckeye fan Cleveland. he's yeah, very he is, plugged into Cleveland he is yes. a Buckeye fan but he's and definitely this is what he said because somebody asked him are the Browns concerned at all that Deshaun Watson will never get back to being the guy he was in Houston? And I thought discussion. Yeah, And I thought, and I thought Albert was going to say, "Well, a little." Or he said, zero percent. They have no concern." He said, "They are spending these final six weeks essentially finding out what he's good at doing, like what's best for him." And there's things that they have learned in these six games. Like that, they've got to tailor the offense more for him than they've which been is, able to. Which is, I think, the best year. use of these six games. Exactly. Which Figure is, out what he can do, and and let's do more. Which of is that. why the offense next year is going to look completely different. Yeah, and I think they it expect will. him to be a star. Next and that's, year. in my opinion, yeah. that's why they threw it as much as they did against the Saints when everyone's screaming, "Why are you throwing the ball? It's forty below." Well, because. Deshaun told you he didn't want to come here because of the weather. Well, here's a perfect opportunity to see what he can do in horrible weather. Yeah. That's why they threw it that much. That's why they took points off the board last week against Washington. Why kick a meaningless field goal in a exactly. game you don't need when been, you have a chance to see what your quarterback can that's do right. in a fourth and three situation? I agree with that. Line. It makes perfect sense. I, the difference was because it was that 0.4% chance to make the playoffs, it gave all of the naysayers – Fire for saying we still have a chance. That's why number I kept one, saying we don't have well, a number chance. one. They yeah. don't care what the naysayers say, and number two, they punted on the playoffs a long time ago. Gentlemen, they, what the, it was a nice sneaky punt. It was one of the punt. it was the punt they lined up with the quarter. Yeah, yeah with, the, with the, quarterback. the quarterback. Just yeah. <laughs> I, I said no because he completed nine balls in the best game that he's played yeah. so far. Yeah. And had 168 yards passing. Yeah. So I mean that this is a big leap. I hope he gets there, but I don't think he will. Question number three, got to run through these next couple pretty quickly here. Maurice, this is a running back question. No one's better to answer this than you. Will Nick Chubb outrush Najee Harris and Jalen Warren combined? That was close. Yeah, so uh, Najee Harris is my guy. I went to go visit the Steelers last year, but you know I am a homer, baby. I'm a homer for my man Nick Chubb. I think he's the best in the league, so we're going with old Nicholas. 
<laughs> Old Nick. Saint Nick. Old Saint Nick. And once again, we Saint got a Nick. split on the panel. Maurice said yes, and he joins Jay Brad Tyvis on that side of the fence. The other three, Jason Bull and G, said no. Well, I just think in the end, Harris, who's played well this year, uh, excuse me, Harris has played better second half yes. of the year. But uh, Jalen Warren's been a nice addition for them. He's gotten the, and th combined, they'll probably get more carries than Nick Chubb. And so, and the Browns' run defense is, is trash. Uh, this plays into, I, I think they're going to throw the ball a lot with Deshaun. Yeah. Nick's numbers the last few weeks have not been what they were earlier in the year. Najee has been Although better. last week he went up for over 100 yards, but not has, a lot of carries. Yeah. Najee has been better. Better, yeah. These last few weeks, I just, and, I, I just think Steelers are going to outrun him. In the words of the great Tupac, let me see you toss it up. <laughs> They're going to throw the ball. They're throwing the they ball everywhere. Throw They're throwing they that might. ball. Sorry, Nicholas, you're going to get about 12 and a half carries, 12 touches. You might get asked for some screens, but <laughs> they're going to throw this football everywhere. So much everywhere. for that rushing title, that, which is an extreme long shot anyhow. But oh, uh, sorry McNuggets, what's our last one? I let, we got three more. Oh, wow. I like calling oh, them all saying, Nick, that, was, that was funny, Maurice. All right, next. Will Grant Delpit have more tackles than Minka Fitzpatrick? It was a 2-4 split. Maurice, are you going with the four or are you going with the two? I'm going with the uh, four. Wherever the four sits. And he says no. He says no. He joins J. Brad, G, and He wants Jason. to be part of the in crowd. But he yes. is part of the cool kids. Is Minka Fitzpatrick? No, the Steelers is, actually have a front seven that can tackle. Is, right. Is they Grant do. Fitzpatrick's not going to get as many tackles. Well, I was just, is this a good thing or a bad thing? Is is Grant, I know. Like, uh, yeah, I, you don't know because uh, uh, safety should never have that many should, tackles, right. but they do but in Grant this Delt offense. Grant Delpit leads the team in tackles. Is he that good? Uh, is he good now? Like, I, I've spent half a year calling him out. Grant Delpit did much better Well, I agree, but I also say it was Carson Wentz. Right. Yeah. And uh, that he is the, one of the biggest head scratchers I've seen at that position in the last decade. He literally went from a guy who was in the MVP discussion and probably would have received <laughs> the award if, it, if not hurt. Yep. Why Ron Rivera decided it was baffling. To, I, it was one of the dumbest things he's ever done. Yeah, that, that, that doesn't make sense. He sucks. The no. analytics people. I don't want to say it because every time I say <laughs> small sample size, y'all gonna erupt on something. Yeah. No, it ain't. Yes, it is. No, but the small sample size is true. Like he went to North Dakota State. He played against uh, inferior talent. True. But, gee, the weird thing was, as Jay said, like, early in his career, he looked like he was going to be really good. And now he looks like – And then he just went off a cliff. He and went, went I think he is so mentally effed up. I agree that. he that. has never been able to come back from that. Crazy. And will never will. Well, here's right. – if that's just like somebody – like, him him getting his job taken and then Foles becoming a Super Bowl MVP yeah. is devastating. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He can't even wear yeah. that ring out. He no. can't even wear that to BW3. No. So. That's like your girl leaving you and going for Tom Cruise. <laughs> no, it's like, and, and landing Tom Cruise. No, You're like, wait, what? No, it's like your girl leaving you for one of your friends that used to be chubby. Then he got in shape. Now he has a six pack and got a better job than you now. And the only thing over, the only thing you had over him was he was better. Like right. you were in better shape. And then you fell off. And then you no, lost that. Gee, it's like that. Yeah. It's like he had won the lottery and then spent it all on the car. And now he's broke living in a box. Yeah. <laughs> that sucks. All right, we got two more. We got two more. Yes, this is quick. Jason's the only one that said yes. So Maurice, if you say yes, it's you and Jason in the club together. Will Deontay Johnson score his first touchdown of the season? Screw him. I don't want you to be lonely. I don't want you to be lonely, man. I'm with you, Jason. <laughs> Come on, buddy. It's amazing. Come on. The guy has no touchdowns. Come on. Uh, yeah, I had amazing him on my fantasy squad. Amazing. 
Well, yeah, that was like Jarvis Landry a couple year. of years ago. Jarvis <laughs> Landry had a good number of catches, but no touchdowns. Yeah. DeAndre so Johnson's just oh, too wow. good of a player to go all year long. I'm, I'll die on that hill. It's going to happen this week because he's just too talented to go all year without a touchdown. Good. That's well, all. You're not alone on that hill because now Maurice is. Come on, buddy. The water's right, last warm. One, on. Last one. <laughs> last one. I'm not going to tell you which side, but this was our only unanimous answer. Whoa. Well, David well, we'll Njoku has side. more reception yards than Pat Fryermuth, who is now Kenny Pickett's well, favorite target. He loves him. Well, I rooted for Njoku, I think, like last week or two weeks ago. So I'm going to go. I'm going to stick it all the way Browns. And I'm going to stay traditional and consistent. And I'm probably the guy that Bull's talking about when he say. Don't gamble on your favorite team. <laughs> well, the, the one and only Mo Biased <laughs> is joining the Mo Biased. It's a party up on the yes side of the yeah, fence. Yeah, there we, we go. Add, there we go. We gotta find a way to add the ghost of Mo. That's like, funny. Can we like do half transparency oh, on these. Oh, I, I, I was looking for Tigers at the beginning of the show. Look, look. Where's he at? Tigers <laughs> is hiding today. Hey, before we let you go, um, thoughts on the Buckeyes? Oh gut-wrenching, turn the calendar New Year's night loss, New Year's Eve night loss. They played well. Yeah. yeah they did. I, I'll be oh, – okay, okay. So, G. Bush, right, I woke up and your face was everywhere on my phone. Right, that's one <laughs> thing I want to say, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, I woke Wait, up, I said, well, I know that guy, right? That clip is the thumbnail is actually Bull's face. It the is. Bull's oh. face, and then it's yeah. almost ranted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The, the, I got the soul. Oh, I got. I got. I got the soul of bull in me. Think how many views that would have yeah. if it was G Bush's face, not Bull's face on the thumbnail. We got six million so, on that. It could be up to twenty. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. You say my say face, this, right? thumbnail, my face created less Cost us, cost a price <laughs> a lot, right? <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> no, I mean, here we go. And I said it, I said it before. But we, we, we can't – oh, okay, we can say Ryan Day, they, they, they called a good game. We can say C.J. Stroud called a good game. But I'll never go back off of what I'm talking about. You, we bring you here not to have good games. We bring you here not to have good showings. We bring you here to beat Michigan, and we bring you here to win playoff games and eventually pay for the national title. That's my opinion. Uh, if you look at the defense, the defense uh, needs better play calling – the number one indicator in all defenses is leverage, right? When you see people get gashed, when you go to cover zero, cover one, when you have these young guys who are around town, says, hey, man, when we're up 11 and we're in the fourth quarter, why are we going to cover zero or cover one when we don't have superstar cornerbacks? We don't have Denzel Wards. We don't have these first-rounders who have been here and they have no protection over top. And so just as you will hold a player accountable, you have to go in there and say, hey, Jim knows, like, what was going through your mind when you called the plays that you called? Why would you not sit people over top? Like, we're winning. We're beating these people, right? We can say Marvin Harrison Jr. got taken out the game. We can say that was a cheap shot. You can say it was targeting. You can say all that. But when you're up 11 points in the fourth quarter, bro, yeah. 
there is no reason that you should lose any game. We should be cruising to the national championship. We should be out in L.A. getting ready to go play TCU and probably having a good chance to beat TCU and go win this thing. So if it's me like, hey, great Ryan Day, you had a better showing on offense, great C.J. Stroud, you ended your career with a good game. But at the end of the day, we bring you guys here and pay you for uh, for a legitimate reason. And that is to, that Wait, is to win these games. And, <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, yeah, so, you know I, something I mean, like, we don't? You know, <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, We're yeah, paying but you all this money. Like, Go win. Yeah, but, but so, like, so I don't like these. Like, so we, we can sit here and say we don't like for kids to, for everybody gets a trophy, right? Right. Yeah. And it's around town. Like, everybody's like, oh, you know, he, he fought well. Like, no, but he didn't that's, win. That's not yeah, it. You, you don't get style points. Like, you don't get consolation <laughs> points. At Ohio State, the goal every year is to get the chip. If you don't, it's a, yes. it's, a, it's a failure of a season. There's only a couple programs you can say that about. Alabama's one of them. I think Ohio State yes. is one. Yeah. And, and they didn't close the deal, particularly to your point. When you're up 11 in the fourth, they needed that running game. You got to close that deal. My, oh, my, my, I, let me say this. They needed that running game. If Go they would have had the running game down the stretch, they could have they could have got them off the sticks on, in the fourth quarter. I even think with Marvin Harrison. I was just going to say that. If Harrison's the out there, they win the game. They Gosh, win the game the with end, Harrison. The offense did enough. The defense. They did. The <laughs> defense let him down. You don't, I'm, glad you, you don't. But I'm glad you brought up the play calling because he was, play, he was putting his guys out there with no safety net. And we've seen what that looks like this year. To your point, the caliber of defensive backs they have, they're not great. Okay, just like this. So just like you, you're on the show, right? It takes you about how long? A couple weeks to figure out who's around and who can do what, right? And this is television, right? This is television, podcast, and TV show, whatever you want to call Mm -hmm. it, right? Right. It takes you a handful of weeks to figure out your personnel on the show and who can do what, who can say what, who can input. If I've gotten you in January, February, March, and you've been on the field every day with these players, you've seen them in one-on-one drills, You've seen them in group drills. You've seen them in team drills. You know exactly who your personnel is. You know what I mean? When I come and give you $2 million, I'm not giving you $2 million to experiment. I'm giving you $2 million because when the offense lines up, this is what a coordinator's job is. When they get into this set, whether they get in double wide, double tight, whether they get in whatever whatever set that they get in in front of you, there are so many variations of plays that they can run. And you're supposed to line up your defense accordingly to have the appropriate leverage based on down and distance, based on where you're at on the field, uh, field positioning is just based on personnel in general. And so if you had the same struggle against Michigan and you were in cover zero and the whole Columbus, Ohio say, yo, bro, you can't run cover zero with these corners. Why would you even think that in the fourth quarter when you're up 11 against their receiver, who's the fastest guy on the field, they ran a formation that made you cover him with a safety. Why are we putting the safety over top of him? The safety is supposed to be over top of coverage. You bring a nickel back in, or even if they were running a hurry of offense, you're supposed to know what personnel to get on the field and the coverage to protect certain guys. And so that's my issue. And so we, we'll, we'll, criti- we'll, we'll criticize Deshaun Watson. We'll criticize David and Joker. We'll criticize CJ Stroud. We'll criticize somebody for dropping the ball, right? But it, it, it seems to come like when you come to say, hey, coach, like, your decision-making and your evaluation or your awareness of the situation. We don't like to have this conversation, and I, and I don't know why. You know what I mean? That's what bothers me. Mm. And well, we you're, do you're here, a paid professional. We love yeah, calling We love well. those conversations <laughs> here, man. You know that. Yes. Thanks, Maurice. I, well, I'm, ta- I'm talking about local journalism. Oh, uh, <laughs> you're right. Yeah. yeah. Mo, <laughs> she's no longer local. She's national. Uh, uh, Homer Mo. Yeah. Homer Mo. Happy New Year, Homer. man. 
See you, buddy. <laughs> Happy New Year to you all, too. That, all mo, right. that Mo Bias is funny as Have hell, bro. Have a good bro. Mo Bias. I like that. We <laughs> got to keep we it. We got Mo Bias. We got Penny Bull. We got GNN. Oh, GNN. GNN. That's kind of funny. I like that. That's kind of dope right there. very good. By the way, oh, go ahead and do your promos, Mike, and then I got a quickie for everybody. Yeah, we got... If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.